The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Quirky Dog Podcast, inspired by some of the quirkiest dogs you can ever imagine and the owners who love them. This podcast is brought to you by the quirky couple themselves, Scott and Jess Williams. Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess. Welcome, guys, and happy Wednesday. We're coming to you live from Salem, New Hampshire, and today we're going to talk about what a leash means to your dog. Sounds like a great topic. I'm very excited about it. (laughs) I can't wait to delve into this podcast, guys. Scott's enthusiasm is skyrocketing. Okay, first we're going to start with the quirky tip of the day. Hang on a second. Let me grab the pig. There we go. Oh, Thanks. tell him. Slow her down. All right. <coughs> tell him about what you're smoking, though. Oh, I wanted you to say it because you had to put uh, it down. Smoking a Charter Oak cigar, the Habano. I and why did you called. pick that one I picked today? this because one of my favorite YouTubers that I follow is called the Dry Creek Wrangler. <laughs> and that's a guy that has a Wrangler school. He teaches people how to pack horses and do all that stuff but he always takes a break and has a cigar and talks about his cigars so yeah that's how i stumbled into him and uh scott's learning about the horse thing because we're i'm gonna get a horse we i'm buy learning a house. more than i need to know about tack <laughs> and, but, and, and also a little bit about cigars but he's taking his cigar recommendations now too so since he put the cigar down i wanted to mention it our quirky tip of the day is um actually cammy who was on our wavoto podcast she lives on our street she was over the other day with her um uh, corgi, which I think Andrea Riggler coined the phrase, a mini blue healer, which is a great uh, term for that breed. So I was doing the dog's nails, we were chatting, and she has the dog on this new um, like supplement treat kind of thing called Fin Allergy and Itch. And she said it's making a huge difference. Her dog um, was on the podcast with us, Trixie, for a bit, and then Scott went and sat with her. And uh, Trixie is a fun little corgi, but a lot of stuff seasonally and stuff. So give this company a try. I know nothing about them. I'm going off of Cammie's word. She looks for the best of the best. It's petfin.com, and it's fin, F-I-N-N. But if you have some allergy stuff going on, um, it's worth a try. I thought the ingredients looked pretty good, and I wanted to give it for a quirky tip because allergy season is here for sure. I didn't realize that. Well, you've been a little coffee and stuff too. And you were, you're doing better, but Scott ran five miles yesterday. I have to give him a shout out because I put him down on Bobby's podcast and I said, you're not going to run five miles. Why are we even talking about this? And My goal is uh, I'm going to be doing six miles for 60. <laughs> but yesterday you ran five miles and that was the first time in... Probably 30 years. Yeah, yeah. that was a lot. So I was it was very impressive. I got a lot of pain going down the left arm. <laughs> But he's here to podcast. All right. We're going to talk about what a leash means to your dog. I brought a bunch of different leashes. And this podcast is honestly inspired. Um, We have an older dog, an older rescue, Max. He came from the same house as Gaia, who was on another podcast. And he's probably like 15. He's a doodle mix. So, you know, he, he has to get up early. He sleeps in a crate. Jimmy sleeps in our bed. But he makes a lot of noise probably around like six to seven. So he's always one of the first dogs out, wants to get out, move along with his day. And then he comes in and he chews his freaking feet. And it drives me crazy. He's always done this. Maybe I should put him on this supplement, but it seems to be more of an anxiety can, tick for can him. I back you up for a second? Yeah, go for it. Well, he gets more freedom now than just about any dog in the house. <laughs> and his freedom has turned into getting out of the crate early to hanging out in the living room to now he jumps up on the bed. <laughs> And chews his feet right at Jess's yeah, feet. So, so he, he gets to come in the bed with us and Jimmy after he gets back in. And sometimes he chews his feet on the ground. And literally, I like am in bed. I like take socks, just socks. Don't judge me. I'm like trying to like throw them. He's also deaf. So I can't say, Max, don't chew your feet. And then he gets up on the bed and chews them. So the other day I was like, 
I'm dealing with this. So I went and I got a leash and I just put a leash on him so I could control him. And literally you put a leash on him. He acted like, like I killed him. <laughs> he didn't lick his feet. He laid in the bed after we got up to go have breakfast. It was the funniest behavior change ever, but it was pretty dramatic. No. Uh, yes. And I've, <laughs> I'm surprised because he doesn't get any kind of control put on. Yeah. Him like we put him on without. a leash to go to the groomer like a, once a month and like walk him. Like it's not a thing, but literally I put the leash on him in bed and he just laid there and slept. And now we just keep a leash in the bedroom. And if he starts chewing his feet, we put the leash on. So I thought it was a funny um, thing that happened in our household with Max. But then when we were discussing it, like a leash for some people, the dogs see the leash. They're like, oh, my gosh, I'm going for my walk. And they're escalating like to this crazy state of arousal. So we're going to talk about leashes and what the leash means to your dog. And I don't necessarily know what a leash should mean to your dog. But normally it creates some sort of behavior change. So well, we're going to talk about I have some good ideas. All right. What, what, are your good ideas? Leash... what are your good ideas? What are your good ideas? A dog should have some nice manners and okay. and not be a complete idiot. That's true. With or without a leash. But at least if you can put a leash on that, they should settle down. Yeah. And I don't care. Well, I'm saying like if they get excited and then you can tell them to sit and then they go for a nice mannered walk. If the leash creates excitement, that's fine. But if they feel a leash on them or, you know, that means like automatically start pulling. A lot of people have more reactivity on a leash. They'll have zero problems with, you know, other people or dogs if the dog is just loose and out and about and open space. But then when the leash goes on, that behavior changes. So really, it's an interesting question. What does the leash mean to your dog? And I would say to our dogs, the leash does put on another layer of control, not quite to the sense that Max does. Jimmy oh. gets very excited when I grab the leash. <laughs> oh, you don't wanted, put a leash I, on Jimmy. <laughs> I did have a companion story to Max. Okay, go ahead. Uh, we had a golden retriever in for training a few years back. And so the dog trained really well, real smart dog, nice balanced dog, nothing really crazy. And the lady calls me, I was going to her, she was in Boston and I was doing some follow-up classes and she said, we really got to work on the jumping. And when people come over, the dog jumps all over them. And I said, okay, I'll come and knock on the door and we'll kind of treat it like like I'm a guest coming to visit you. Do me a favor, put the leash on him um, before I get there. So I go, ring the doorbell, knock on the door. She comes and answers the door. I said, where the hell's the dog? And the dog is laying on on the rug in the living room didn't even get up. <laughs> so the leash but solved that the, problem But it had quickly. the leash. Yeah. She, I said, what's, what's going on? She goes, he never acts this way. And I said, well, what's different? Uh, she said, well, I put the leash on him. That's yeah. it. I said, well, if that's all you got to do. In, and a lot of in kind of traditional dog training, uh, I was told years ago that to get a dog off leash, you start with them on leash. And then you start cutting that leash shorter and shorter over a period of weeks or months so that you, it turns into a tab where you have just three inches or six inches of leash that you can actually grab if you need to redirect or, you know, the dog is moving out of a heel, you have something you can grab onto. So in that case, just putting a leash on the dog totally changed that craziness. Yeah. And we often like will recommend when a dog goes home that like, especially if it was a dog that was younger, over aroused or something, as the dog's just integrating to the house, let the dog drag a leash around. Now, no, you're not going to have a collar on its neck that can compress and can choke the dog if, you know, it goes around the corner and the leash gets stuck. And you're never going to do this if you're not home and the dog isn't supervised. But just having something for the dog to drag around sometimes creates another layer of control and it gives you a way to intervene. Like Scott said, if somebody's coming to drop off a package, you can go grab a leash, bring the dog to the crate. It's an easier way to deal with the dog directly. And you just saw a mini poodle on the base the other day. And you told yeah. me that they had, the dog was afraid of the leash. What was the deal with that? Yeah. And I will say that an elite, we're using the word leash, but if you're going to let the dog drag it around in the house, 
Uh, I refer to it more as a drag line, which means we cut the handle off. There isn't a handle that can hook yeah. onto things either. It's just a five foot piece of leash. Get get your you know shittiest leash for lack yeah. of a better description. And cut it. Cut the handle off it and let it just be a light drag line. Yeah. But yeah, I was at a house the other day with a standard poodle and a mini poodle, and uh, I know this little mini poodle was just awesome. She'd bring me her little stuffed animals. And I'd throw them and she'd retrieve them, bring them back to me, like almost like a pain in the ass. She had such retrieve in her, you know, which was awesome. And then we were talking about the older, the bigger, not the older, the younger, but standard poodle and really bad leash manners. And uh, they had a harness for the dog and, and all this stuff that was not helping their cause. But I said, well, what about the little one? And they said, oh, the little one hates the leash. The dog won't even move on the leash. And I said, oh, interesting. Go, go get the leash. Let me see. I want to see if she'll retrieve with the leash on. They said, she will not do anything. And I put the leash on the dog, and she'd already, keep in mind, re- re- retrieved from me a half a dozen times. So she was in that play mode. And um, I threw the, the toy across the room, and she went halfway across the room and stopped because the leash was on her. And she was inhibited by the leash. She didn't like it. But I got the toy again, and I threw it just three feet in front of her. She got it, picked it up. And within two minutes, she's doing full room retrieves with the leash on, Build it, you know, getting over this little inhibition or whatever it is about the leash, she was just uh, adjusting to it really quickly. So yeah. a lot of people, they feel like, oh, my dog doesn't like a leash. And that's for many reasons, you know, they don't like putting the dog on a leash because they feel like the dog doesn't like it. Yeah. Which leads us to another podcast. <laughs> well, and also like if you have good off-leash control, which is why I brought up Jimmy. I mean, if Scott's at a class or he's downtown Boston, of course, he's putting a leash on the dog. But for the most part, Jimmy does a lot of like off-leash stuff. Sometimes if your dog is always off-leash, and this isn't so specific to Jimmy, but some other off-leash dogs, they're losing some other sense of control. So sometimes it's good to like just go back to your basic like, hey, I'm going to put a leash on my dog and take him to Home Depot. I'm going to put a leash on my dog and walk him you know, downtown, see what things look like. Just, just reestablishing that routine of like, I need you to politely walk on a leash. And that was a great example with the small poodle that if your dog hates a leash and considers a leash like aversive for some way, shape or form, maybe it's the environmental factor of the weight of the leash behind them, whatever that is, if your dog loves to eat, then maybe put the leash on, feed your dog. If your dog loves toys, put the leash on, do some toys with the dog. Don't make the leash about like, you're getting a leash on because we're going to your vet appointment or you're getting a leash on because, you know, you're going to grandma and grandpa's for the weekend while we go on vacation. If the leash has a certain connotation, depending on how you play it, you can switch things around. So let's talk about the dogs that are super crazy over aroused when they see the leash, because this is a pretty common one too. Yeah. And that, that goes for anything they associate with getting out of the house and dragging you down the street <laughs> <It's a party. laughs> and going maybe to see the neighbor's dog and all this fun stuff associated with getting out of the house. And the precursor to getting out of the house is that you have to grab the leash to put on the dog. So you're building in this craziness, and on top of that, and most people hate that. They yeah. hate the craziness, but at the same time, they're creating it with verbal cues. Yeah, you want to go for a walk? You ready to go outside? <laughs> and the dog starts friggin' jumping, yeah. and now they're going to get the leash, and they can't get the leash on this jumping dog. Yeah. So, you know, the way, if you're asking how I would fix that, and it just goes back to grabbing that leash and not going for a walk, and that or- changing things up, so yeah. that that re- and stopping activating your dog with these trigger phrases that are getting him crazy. Yeah, 100% changing the routine. If your dog is used to being conditioned to staying in a crate, maybe when your dog's coming out of the crate, 
just hook your dog up and then take them for the walk. Like be conscious of these little routines you're creating. And if it's excitement and joy and the dog's running around and excited about a walk and you have no issues on your walk, we don't care. But if you have a ton of arousal in your house as you're reaching for the leash, preparing to go on the walk, your dog's dragging you, maybe even, you know, physically hurting you. Some bigger dogs can actually like hurt people's shoulders, pull people down. Your dog's reacting adversely to other people or dogs or trucks, whether it be, I don't care if it's fear or over arousal, whatever. If you're not having a good walk, your pre-walk behavior should be something that you look at and consider. And so many people are like, the dog goes out the back door to go to the bathroom. The dog goes out the front door when we're leaving the house. Like sometimes have the dog in the backyard, go out the back gate, go for your walk, switch it up, change it up. But you can change the way your dog perceives a leash. And the leash is the one training tool, Scott always says this, that you're really never going to get rid of completely. Like you're not ever going to go to a vet and not have your dog on a leash. You're probably not going to be walking on sidewalks and not have your dog on a leash. Like the leash is something that you always go back to. So the relationship with the leash is an important one as far as we're concerned. Yeah. And I say that in relation to quite often, if I suggest even a plastic pinch collar, something that the owner perceives as an aversive, one of the very first things I hear is, well, when will we not need that anymore? It's a tool. Sometimes, just like the not always, but sometimes. Quite often. They're like, well, how long do we have to use that? How long do you want to train your dog? Uh, how long are you going to be feeding your dog? <laughs> yeah. But um, I did want to say, I don't know if we're getting off track, but I was just looking at this pile of leashes. And there's a lot of different styles of leashes. And uh, this one that is, what do you call this, a boa type of a leash? But this Like a is tugging leash. A tugging leash. So quite often you'll see this in, in agility, where the leash is not only a means of control, but it's also the reward, which is really cool because the dog is coming back, they're, they're tugging on the leash. But of course, the dog needs to learn those rules associated with that leash because most dogs are tugging on a leash as a game that the owner cannot stop. Yeah. So the dog is just put the leash on. As soon as you try to get the dog to calm down, walk next to you, they grab the leash, start tugging, making a big game. And naturally, the owner starts pulling against that saying no stop and creating more of a game yeah well and and i want to mention that um we'll go to break here in a sec but i want to mention that in relation to agility that there also has to be control and rules with that because people will get disqualified if your dog's running out of the ring to grab their leash some venues like if your dog's diving on the leash you know uncontrolled that's an issue so you also have to have control with that play and like vital is a great example of like if i walk her in a leash like this and if you're listening it's like this fuzzy pink thing that hooks to her collar we're walking like, hey, I'm using this as a distraction. Yes, I'll let her tug on this. But of course, she'd like to just drag this along the whole way. This is something where I'm proofing my, okay, you're walking on a leash. Are you behaving or are you not? All right, let's go to break super quick, and then we'll talk more leashes when we get back. Want to keep up with all the latest from the Quirky Dog Podcast like me and Murphy here? Then make sure you head on over to the YouTube channel and subscribe. Or if you prefer to listen to the madness, go on over to iTunes or Spotify and follow the Quirky Dog Podcast. And hey, while you're there, leave a rating and review and let them know what you think of the show. Until then, keep it quirky. Okay. All right. Since we got into different types of leashes before we went to break, I want to recircle back to that. So I really like these um, like slip leads. This one's biothane, but I like slip leads that I can put on my girls and just kind of go. So well, the biothane. Could I interrupt you? There? That's yeah. not a slip lead. That's more of a martingale style Okay. Lead. It's more of a martingale style I, I'm lead. I'm not crazy about the slip leads. They tend to ch- 
like cinch up and don't loosen All up. All right, so we're going to call this a martingale style. Who knew that Scott would be correcting my leash oh, terminology? But he's you, right. But it's that's, right. That's it's not true. A slip lead. It's true. It's true. The slip leads like that they put on that's at going the out vet. Of the vet. Yeah, yes, the like the that just kind of becomes a choker. We don't like those quite as much. These martingale things that cinch up as, you know, they go around the dog. I like, I get a wider one. So if I don't have complete control all the time, my dog's not choking itself. And then if you just get a biothane one, it's a little less attractive for the dog to be coming back and tugging. But this to me is very simple that if my dog's not always wearing a collar, I have a collar, I have a leash, I can go, I have everything all at once. The nice thing about the biothane is you can put bumblebees on there. <laughs> it's and, my bee leash. <laughs> and what do you call these? I forget. I don't know. Um, little crystals. Bedazzles. Yeah. You can bedazzle it. Yeah. You can, there's literally accessorizing the leashes and the collars and the tags is for sure a thing now. We talked about these a little bit. These come in the Martingale style things as well. Um, but this is very easy for me. Again, I just like easy. So this is now a collar and a leash. This is now a toy and a leash. This could even become a collar and a toy and a leash. I like stuff like that. And my dogs will tug on biothane. It's not that. It's just not as pleasurable. And it's not going to hold up as well as something that's like made into a tug. Um, these are regular biothane leashes that we sell um, and that we give to our clients. We normally just have them in black now. We don't have all the colors. But I love these leashes. They don't hold smell. They're six-foot leashes. And this is basically all we train dogs on. It's and just they, a very basic biothane leash. They are not chew-proof. No. And they are not no. tug, Not the type <laughs> no. of leash you want to tug. Just like a leather leash. You can have a really nice, expensive leather yeah. leash. A dog will probably chew through that in one bite if they have yeah. some decent molars in their head. But I would mention, too, with that, the leather may be more attractive for your dog to bite on. Not that the dog can't chew the biothane, like if they're teething or they just enjoy chewing or destructive behavior. But the leather may be more enticing well, for them to bite than something it's not, else. Yeah, it's not an animal product. Yeah. Yeah. And that is another reason we do biothane, right? I'm really big into animal rights kind of stuff. I don't do leather. I don't eat meat. I, like, this is a thing for me. So I love the biothane because I'm not contributing to the leather issue. And if you love leather and you love your gear and everything, more power to you. I just personally don't want to spend my money or have that in our house. I only use me. leather on my women. That's enough. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Moving along. Uh, we have a, a big rope leash here. A lot of people like, you know, these really thick rope leashes. They are harder to chew through. I would that's say a they're great, a chewing great deterrent. puppy leash. If you have a real yes. mouthy puppy that's going through that teething stage and I tell them to drag a leash around, you can't beat a nice heavy rope leash, they're not going to chew through it. Yeah. So, and of course, there's probably a hundred different other types of leashes that you can oh, buy. Oh, there is one I'd like to mention before we get out of it. Is it going to be the same thought? There's a couple more I'm going to mention. Okay. Tell I, me what your thought was. I was going to talk about the traffic handle. Uh, I was thinking about that one. One of the two. All right. What's your other one? The retractable. Oh, <laughs> we, we shit on I, both of them all the time. <laughs> so, all right, let's go. Who wants to go first? You go talk ahead. about the retractable. Well, the retractable, I mean, you need to learn if you're going to use a retractable, you should actually know how to use a retractable. It's not just yeah. to give your dog 12 feet of leash wherever yeah. it wants 12 feet of leash. It's not to just be running in and out on 12 feet constantly. You know, if I use a retractable and I'm leaving the house with a retractable, I've locked it at four feet or so. That <laughs> dog is going to walk out on a loose leash. We have not owned a retractable in a long time. There's I don't know the last time we've used it. There's sometimes it's great for it. I mean, like if, and I've used it's the... It's good for, I like it for competition obedience, like driving back with a dumbbell or something. I like it if I want something like that. What did you use it for practically? I can't even remember something you would use it for. If I had um, stopped at a busy rest stop on the side of the highway and I want my dog to go potty and I want to give them more freedom than a six feet... I could put them on a retractable and let them zip out 10, 12 feet, 
lift their leg on a tree and then, you know, just give them a little more freedom, yeah. but safely because there's Mack trucks flying down yeah. the freeway, and stuff it, like that. And to potty a puppy, I guess retractable can be great. And if you love your retractable, that's fine. That's all on you. Be aware that the retractables can get the dogs in front of cars in the streets. They can get the dogs, you know, rushing up on things. They're not supposed to rush up on. They can wrap around people. Like this is something people don't realize with the retractables. But if you're at Petco and then your dog takes a turn, all of a sudden you're all wrapped up. Somebody else is all wrapped up. A kid is all wrangled. So just be very conscientious of if you do like a retractable, how you're using it and also locking that sometimes, because if your dog always thinks a leash means like I have either two or 20 feet, they're going to just interpret that as a leash. Yeah. I'm going to talk about the traffic handle leash. We do not like the traffic handle leash. Well, um, I wanted to finish up on my... You got retract- more retractable? Well, just that the, one of the hidden dangers of a retractable is losing a finger. That's true. And it's like such an issue that they even put it on the... They have yeah. like a label on there because enough people have sued the company. Yeah. And rope burn is totally yeah. a thing. Like you can be there. I've, I don't... I can't remember an instance where this happened, but you know, I have the leash. I'm maybe holding it for some reason stupidly in my other hand. The dog goes like it, it, it can cause damage. So the retractables, if you use them, use them and buyer beware and use them as yeah. a responsible and dog can, owner. And lastly, you can really hurt a shoulder. And this did happen to me about 15 years ago where I had a dog on a retractable to pee. And I was not watching the dog just for a second. And the dog like took, out, took off after a squirrel. This is a pet dog. And it, it, went, it got a good head start because it had 12 mm-hmm. feet of leash. So the dog's like four feet from me. And then it got almost a 10 foot of run before it hit the end of the leash and pulled on my shoulder. And I'm like, reminded again, these retractable suck. And I'm just going to say, because you brought the pottying up again, and I didn't throw you under the bus for it the first time. Teach your dog to potty on a six foot leash. This is something Scott doesn't do with his dogs. His dogs do it now. This is even a how to calm your canine exercise, you guys. I'm so obsessed with teaching your dog to potty on a leash because so many people don't think about it. And then when the time comes, they're like, oh, I need to get the dog away. The dog needs to go farther away, everything else. Just teach your dog to potty on a six foot leash when they're young. And right now we're in that setup right now. Every pet dog we have, uh, the puppy, the German Shepherd puppy, I do take out on a long line for his own sake. But every dog we have potties on a six-foot leash, and it happens within 24 hours. So if your dog doesn't currently potty on a leash, make a plan so your dog does, and a six-foot is safer than the retractable. Okay, can we talk traffic handle? I'd love to talk traffic handle. How many clients would you say have that leash? At least 50%. Yeah, like this is a common thing, right? I don't even have one. It's a six-foot leash, so they feel like, I got a six-foot leash. But then it has this like grabby hole. But they only use two feet of it. Yeah, they have this grabby hole. So, I mean, I suppose if you have like a physical disability or something else, like it's fine to be able to grab that in emergency. But what happens is this becomes like the person's holding the end of the traffic lead in one hand and then the actual part of the traffic lead like that's two feet from the dog's neck in the other hand. And the dog is just dragging. Like you're using all of your might to keep the dog from basically pulling you down. And that type of leash encourages pulling. Scott is a big advocate of if you're going to walk your dog on a loose leash, you need to have like some sort of J in the leash. Like there needs to be slack in the leash. That is a loose leash. Just because your dog is on a six foot leash and being, you know, positioned next to you, however you've been trained to walk it or taught to walk it or whatever video you've seen to walk it. If it's not on a loose leash, it's not actively walking on a loose leash next to you. You're just forcing this and making this happen. And the traffic lead not only inadvertently like can get the dog next to you in a pretend way, but it really can encourage pulling because the dog is just feeling this pressure, whether it's on a harness or on a neck or anything else, it's feeling like, okay, you're pulling back. I'm pulling forward. There's always this opposition reflex. So if you have pulling issues, the traffic lead is not what we would recommend. And I have met people that 
have been taught by other trainers to a lot of heal people. their dog a by lot of people. only having giving it enough leash so it's walking right next to you. Strangest the, thing the, we've ever seen. The deceptive aspect of that is that people associate pulling with it's hard to hold their dog back. Yeah, pulling, or the dog's out in front. Pulling is if there's any tension at all. Because yeah. I, I say to them, the best way to evaluate your healing work is to drop the leash. What's going to happen? Is the dog going to, is nothing going to change? Or is the dog immediately just going to either run away or float away from you? So if you're giving the dog slack or dropping the leash and it's not staying the same, then what you've been doing up to that point isn't working, in my opinion. Yeah. And for us, like, uh, we don't want a dog ever pulling on their neck, like, just consistently. Like, you're going to get trachea damage. I don't care what the dog is wearing. I see it most often with a flat collar. Like, the dog's just pulling. Or a slip lead is another good example of that. The dog's always pulling on it, and they actually get trachea damage from that. If they're not pulling, they're not creating stress on their neck, right? And this is why everyone went to harnesses, but most of the dogs on harnesses are either pulling if the dog's leash is clipped on the front or on the back, they're still pulling. And those front attaches, as a little aside, like there's some good research out there that if those shoulders are turned, you know, every which way and the dog, while it's walking, is always orthopedically like pulling and looking back at the handler, that is not good on your dog's body long-term. So we would highly recommend you teach your dog to walk on a loose leash. And if the leash is something your dog hates, try to create a more positive experience with the leash. Do something your dog enjoys with the leash. Just put the leash on at night while you're watching TV, clip it to your dog, unclip it. If your dog... Give, give him a marrow bone while yeah, he's his leash Yeah. On. If your dog gets totally over-aroused just by the sight of the leash... Try to see if you can get some control beyond that. I mean, if your dog, our dogs are the kind of dogs that they can like be bouncing at the door and then we say sit and they hold a sit. So I don't care. As long as I can control the behavior, well, your I dog, don't care. Your dogs do that. <laughs> your dogs, we <laughs> <laughs> just try to keep dogs, Scott's dogs alive at this point. But literally, like whatever you're seeing from your dog with the leash, whether it be good, bad, or ugly, if you want to change it, change it. And you're very capable of doing that. You just need to put in like a step-by-step plan of like, okay, I'm going to try it in this instance. Okay. He loves this. If the dog is always super excited when the kids come home, put the leash on the dog when the kids come home. See, will the dog maybe run up to the kids and not jump? Maybe that's a benefit. Like try it out. So it works well for your situation. And I do want to mention like, to me, I would say like a competition obedience dog basically should look the same with a leash or without the leash. So like, that's a pretty good example of like when they're doing like focused healing and competition obedience, like taking that leash off, they want that to be seamless, right? Like you're walking in for open or utility. As you take the leash off, you don't want any behavior change. Like you want the focus to stay the same. You just want it to be this seamless transition of like, okay, I'm doing my off leash here. Those whole programs are off leash and you want it to be seamless. If the leash is what's controlling your dog or creating more control or getting your focused healing or something else, you need to go back and reevaluate that foundational training. And that's a very separate thing from like pet dog stuff and everything else. But I would say in my mind, like um, protection or competition obedience or something like that, like a leash being on or off should not change the picture whatsoever and the high level trainers that isn't. I just wanted to mention that as an aside. Yeah. And I uh, say, you know, with training an untrained dog, a six-foot leash is a training leash. Yeah. That's to train a dog that doesn't know how to work on a leash. As the dog becomes more proficient, you'll find that six feet is really too much. Yeah, there's a lot of extra. Holding, depending on the person size and the dog size. Like, If you are have, working with a little person. <laughs> no, 
if you're if Lisa. the person is your size and it's like a little like dachshund, like the longer leash, it just really depends well, like the, how everything. The point I was going to make is that you can also purchase a four foot leash. Yeah. And then when we did uh, obedience in the sport that I was involved in, it was a, a meter leash that you used. Yeah. Oh, I had 39 that in the inches. Car. <laughs> so a 39 inch <laughs> leash summer. is more than enough leash. If you're holding it in your left hand and the dog is healing next to you, there's more than enough, but there isn't a lot of room for error. If the dog decides to float away from you, if it sees a bird, if it stalls, if it does anything, all of a sudden there's tension on the leash, yeah. which would be a disqualifying. Thing yeah. But from happened. a sport perspective, you should be able to work on a four footer probably just as easily. Easily. And I have, but I, I wouldn't I think start on a short leash. I, it's going to be very difficult I grabbed to maintain that, And slack. I think it's sitting out in my Honda right now, but Scott actually was so smart that he had the meter leashes made with the suit material. So then when he was rewarding Jimmy, it was like almost as rewarding as like, not as rewarding as the suit, but like it was the same material. So it was he wrote more like an agility leash. Yeah. He wrote Arno and he's like, Hey, can you make me some, you know, meter leashes out of the suit material? And that is another leash that we have frequently, but the four foot leash, like I don't want dogs just pulling. If we're going out to potty or something, six foot. And we like, when we take our dogs out and like walk them, like I walk sink on the street for exercise a lot. It's not like I want her like perfectly next to me or something else. I just don't want her dragging me. And when we take our dogs out, they're totally comfortable being loose in front of us on a six foot leash. It's not like we have this like militant, like, oh my gosh, you have to be here. So the six foot leash just gives our dogs more room to go sniff if they want, go pee, whatever they want to do. We're big on six footers in our house for most things. My dog's so out of control. I walk him on a 15 foot leash. (laughs) I I just let him, he likes to mark. So he gets like 10 feet ahead of me, marks on a tree. I walk all the way past him, another 15 feet, and then he's like, okay, I'll go to the next tree. He's often not on a long line either. All right, regardless, whatever your leash situation is at home, give it a gander. And if you want to change it, know that you can. Just have a plan of action in place and figure out, I want my dog to like the leash more. I want my dog to react less aroused when it sees the leash. Whatever you want, change it and make that like something that you're going to commit to between now and the end of 2022 because a leash is important and leashes aren't going anywhere, guys. Trust me, trust me, trust me, trust me. Yeah, and in conclusion, I I would much prefer that a dog is excited about a leash than looking at it as an aversive or even neutral. If you pick the leash up and the dog could care less, that means that the dog is finding no value in working with you. Yeah. Because the leash is part of the team yeah. activity where you're yeah. working together. Yeah. Anytime we pick up any equipment, whatever it is, our dogs are like, woo, we're going to party. It's going to be great. All right. Thanks so much for joining us. We will see you guys next week. We are going to talk about how to make your dog do something that he or she may not want to next week. Everyone's going to love it. In the meantime, keep it quirky. Oh, hey. You almost lost the pig. He was trying to I need to put a leash on him. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> the views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.